Bravo! You found the audio version of the Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego podcast. The YouTube show broadcasting live every Sunday in which your host, Lemon Sultana, brings together a cracking bunch of people to talk about the amazing events of which we celebrate the fandoms we love. This is Season 6, Episode 5, first broadcast on Sunday the 16th of September. And on this week's show, we look forward to one of the major highlights of the UK comic convention calendar, the Thor Bubble Festival, held in Leeds in the north of England next weekend. The festival is in its second year in its new location, smack in the centre of the city, with numerous tents and venues filled to the brim with the cream of international comic talent and also homegrown British small press and independent creators. One such creator is Ben Brown, the man behind comics such as Bigfoot Photo, Maiden Voyage, Drivel and Jump Scare, the latest edition of which he'll be presenting at his table at the show. He's a local Leeds lad who's been going to Thought Bubble from its very early years as both an attendee and exhibitor, so he gives his take on this epic event. At the other end of a more modest scale of convention, Leonard also brings his report on this past weekend's ICE International Comics Expo held in Birmingham, at which he presented a Q&A panel and got to meet some incredible creators. He also brings some of the headlines of the week in con culture and much more. It's a packed show. If you do enjoy Talking Con and you want to find out more, you can support us by visiting our Patreon page. Please head to patreon.com slash EnglishmanSDCC for additional content and to help support what we do. Welcome along to Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. My name is Len Sultana. It's top of the hour, which means 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. GMT. We go live on YouTube to talk about Comic Cons for a couple of uh, for an hour or so. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, a great bunch of shows that's coming up, and we're also going to be talking about some shows uh, that took place this weekend as well. My name is Len Sultana, and um, basically we are looking for your contribution. It's very much your show. It's a roundtable affair, which means there's any questions that you want to put to us, go to the YouTube chat and uh, do let us know if there's anything you want us to, to discuss. On today's show our two main topics for today i'm going to be providing a little bit of a, uh, a wrap-up of the show that i've been attending this weekend which is the ice international comics expo in birmingham however next weekend is very busy here in the uk because we've got two very competing shows of different nature we've got ourselves mcm scotland which is taking place in glasgow in the uh, the main conference center up there um, which I'm going to be attending. Uh, we've got ourselves, this is one of the first shows that MCM are bringing uh, very much uh, high-grade uh, comics talent. Uh, they've uh, done some at London uh, back in May, but this is continuing that effort now that uh, Repop have taken on uh, uh, the MCM brand here in the UK. So we've got ourselves Donny Cates, who's a fantastic comics writer. Uh, if you get the chance to read God Country, do it, because the man knows what he's doing. Uh, but he also um, is uh, doing uh, the Thanos series at the moment. He's doing Cosmic Ghost Rider. I'm looking forward to speaking to him next week. Also, we've got ourselves Brian Azzarello, and he is incredibly well known uh, for his work on Joker, on Dark Knight 3, and also as the, uh, the co-writer of the Batman The Killing Joke animated film. Yes, I will be talking to him about that. Uh, possibly not in the same glowing terms as the rest, but we'll, we'll see how I can do it without getting him uh, walking off stage. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But that's not the only convention that's taking place next week. We have ourselves Thought Bubble, which is arguably the largest comics-led convention here in the UK, taking place in Leeds next weekend. And we've got somebody who has got experience with Thought Bubble on both sides of the table, uh, not only as a visitor, because uh, he's a local lad, but also as a uh, uh, attendee. We've got uh, Ben from Odd Dino uh, joining us. Hello, Ben. How are you, sir? Hello. I'm all right. How are you? I'm not too bad at all. It's Good. Thank you very much indeed for joining us, because I, I put the blast out for people to come on the show and talk about their experiences with Thought Bubble. And uh, I'm glad, so glad that you've uh, responded, especially seeing as you're, you're from Leeds. Uh, so I think the best thing to do is kind of introduce yourself, tell us about yourself, and tell us about your books as well. Uh, well, as I said, I'm, I'm Ben. I've kind of been in comics for a few years now, mostly well, very indie. Nobody really knows me too well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I said, I, I've, I'm local, so I've kind of been going to Thought Bubble since, since it began, I think. I might have missed the first or the first two 
but I've been going to them for for quite a few years now. First, as an attendee, where was like I kind of learned about comics at Thought Bubble. <laughs> was guess. it was it Thought Bubble that kind of inspired you to get making comics in the first place? Pretty much, yeah. I'd I'd read a few comics, like the odd ones I'd come across, but it wasn't until I went to Thought Bubble that I realised how diverse comics were. Before then, I only knew like Beano and Marvel and DC. And I'd always struggle to get into superhero comics because they're very hard to get into. So I'd kind of pick up the odd one when I could. And other than that, didn't know what comics could be, I suppose, until I went to Thought Bubble and kind of found the plethora of different delights that were available. And that's, that's kind of what inspired me to get into comics myself. Was, uh, I mean, it sounds like then you were wanting to create something. Um, but you just yeah. found comics as the medium to kind of tell your stories. I mean, were you want, were you a writer? How long how long have you been writing? Well, before Thorbubble, I was training to be an animator. Oh wow! I started animating at like ten years old and had these big grand ambitions of making my own my own films, big epic fantasies, and I'd make about a minute of them and go, "Wow, this is very hard," and I'd stop and start a different one, and never never quite got anywhere with it. Like I. Still enjoy animating a lot, but it's it's not a one man production. And uh, once I kind of figured out that I could tell the stories I wanted to tell in animation through comics, it kind of clicked. Like you know, like a comic is basically a storyboard that you print out and read through, and you fill in the in between space yourself. Fair enough. Okay, so I think the question then is. Why Thought Bubble? Um, I, I mean, obviously Thought Bubble, it started out as an event uh, in the basement of the uh, the Leeds Town Hall. Uh, was that one of, was, did, were you an attendee back then when it first started? I think, again, like, I think I missed the first or second one. I remember the very first Thought Bubble I went to, I think it might have been upstairs in a shop. It could have been a basement. Like It was quite a few years ago, so I could be remembering it wrong, but it was it was a shadow of what it is now. Like yeah, it, it was a, a decidedly smaller indie event. Because you've you've kind of told me about how you went so like as a, as an attendee once, hmm. and then you went straight into well, exhibiting, which was, is quite bold. I was an attendee maybe two years, two or three maybe. Because it, it took me a while to get into making comics, and it was something I knew I wanted to do, and. I was making comics for quite a while before I started publishing my own comics. But it was, yeah, it was probably two or three years in that I decided I wanted to try getting a table of my own. It was, a, in particular, there's, there was a little group of comics creators meeting up in Leeds every kind of two weeks, though. Who was, it was run by Bistringer Horn, who, I don't know if she still works for Thought Bubble, but she did at the time. And going to that made me kind of really want to get in on the crew and make my own kind of physical book. Before then, I'd only done short few page comics to send off to anthologies and zines. And uh, yeah, I found this little group of other people in Leeds making comics. And it made me realize, oh, okay, it's, it's not that hard. I can, I can just make a comic and send it to a printer and have my own physical book rather than just these little things that I'm sending off to other people to deal with. It was that's pretty, that's, that's, that's cool. When it came to Thought Bubble then, was, I mean, obviously that inspired you to actually mm. get the comics made, but at the end of the day, uh, it's, it, when it first started, it was very much uh, geared around um, the, the small press and the industry oh, yeah. here in the UK. When did you start feeling that the show really was picking the momentum to go bigger and aim for the like the, the world class talent? I mean, do you feel it's lost anything from that, or do you do you embrace the the change that Thought Bubble has become? It's it's definitely changed a lot. I feel like it's always been very kind of creator first. Like you, a lot of conventions have an artist alley. Thought Bubble is all artist alley. The entire convention is one big alleyway, and it's it's something that's it's expanded a bit over the years. There's more big names and 
it has a lot more panels and everything going on. But I don't, I don't feel like it's ever got away from that indie sensibility. There's always like every indie artist I know I've seen at a Thought Bubble and always praise Thought Bubble and it's not perfect. There are a few little things that kind of cause trouble at times and like when I talk to people about Thought Bubble they, they always have something to say that could be improved. Yeah. But I think everybody always says it as like a side note to otherwise like lashings of praise. I think the if anyone has anything to complain about when it comes to Thought Bubble in its current iteration, hmm. um, it's the fact that you need a Fitbit on <laughs> just to kind of because the sheer footprint of it now. Because um, uh, just to explain to people who may not know about Thought Bubble in its second iteration, which was when it moved to the Royal Armouries. Uh, the exhibition centre just outside of uh, Leeds Town Centre. Um, at that point, it was using the Royal Armouries main hall itself, the uh, what was the Savile Hall, which became the New Dock Hall, um, the the large function room uh, across a large uh, courtyard area, and then they eventually moved into a, a custom-built um, tented area um, outside in between the two. So it was very easy to go from A to B to C. In 2017, however, they moved to the town centre and you've got um, the uh, the town hall, you've got the uh, tented area outside of the town hall. On the other side of the museum's uh, courtyard, you've got yourself another tent uh, by the, uh, the, the, I think it's the Radisson Hotel on, on that road there. And at the back of those uh, museums, museums, you've got yourself a massive tented area which takes place in the Millennium Square. That's not a small distance to get from A to B to C. I know that um, a complaint that I've heard over the last couple of um, months is that whereas before creators could actually catch up with each other, and it was thought that was a great way to actually make friends again, catch up, see how people are doing. Now you can't, it's not as easy to get from tent to tent to tent. It's very, a, a, possibly a little bit too spread out. What, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, that's definitely something that's been talked about a lot between me and all the group of creators I know from last year, because it was a big change, and I think it, it was very different to what a lot of people were expecting, because Moving in from Royal Armouries, which is kind of a bit out of the way in Leeds, not a lot of people know how to get there, especially if you're visiting Leeds for the first time, if you're not from here. Whereas moving it to the Head Row, which is the main street in Leeds, it's all very visible, and everybody kind of imagined it'd be a great big change, because lots of people walking by it start coming in and discovering all these new comics and possibly buying them even. Instead, I think it... It ended up being a bit of a mixed bag. A lot of people I know had a very positive experience and had a lot of very positive things to say about it. But there were a few people that didn't feel it quite so much, and there's a few reasons for it. I think the how spread out it all became being a big reason. I know for me, I have, like, like I said, I'm not hugely well known, but I have a few people that like coming to my table every year and seeing what's new. And a few of the people that did mention to me specifically that they struggled to find the tent we were in, which was the Comixology marquee, which you mentioned was, like, way behind all of the other tents. And, like, yeah, m multiple people told me that they struggled to find it. And even when they did, like, the layout inside wasn't ideal, so it was quite easy to get a bit lost and miss tables and not quite realise that you had. Which, hopefully, all growing pains, it's their first year there, it was a big change, so I imagine it was quite difficult for the kind of organisers to deal with. Yeah. And what I've seen so far of this year, like the map layouts and stuff, it looks a lot better. Fair enough. Um, I think a, a, the one of the big... I mean, we were talking about this briefly when, before we came on air, about the, um, the, uh, the strength, certainly, of Thought Bubble is just the sheer quantity of mm. pure comics creatives that are available in that uh, uh, that space. Uh, I mean, is there anyone... I, I also quite like the fact that it's quite egalitarian in that you do get small um, press and uh, people who are not as well-established uh, right next to 
Charlie Adlard and sort of world class, you know, sort of like world renowned, renowned um, comics creatives. There is also the argument that that may be a little bit too much of a detriment because everyone lines up for the, the headliners and kind of walks past the, the smaller creatives. Is there a pro and con to that layout? I've always quite liked the layout. There's definitely, it can run into big issues. As you said, there's... Certainly with line management. <laughs> yeah. There's been years where, like, if you're placed on the wrong table, you will just get swarmed and nobody will ever be able to see you. I've had one year where we were placed next to Joe Sparrow, who's, like, an artist who is amazing. He's one of my favourites. And he's not, like, a big publisher kind of artist or anything. He's an indie artist. But he's a very popular indie artist. And I did notice that any time people would see him they'd run straight to him and not at any point stop to look at my table. Which, that's to be expected. I think that happens no matter where you go in a convention. So I think there's... A lot of that is just the reality of what a comic convention is like. There's always going to be people that skim over tables and run straight to the people they know. and There's, there's always a degree of luck to it. For the most part, I don't feel like it's ever really negatively impacted me. Last year, we were directly across from Brian K. Vaughan who, you know, that's a, that's a big draw. But they've started in recent years having the lines be outside of the venue. So that... It's, they've been very lucky with the weather for the last yeah. couple of years. Just very close. Well, that's a big reason they moved I, earlier in the year. I know yeah. a lot of previous years were on very rainy days and like a few times in a row they had flooding in Leeds that stopped a lot of people being able to get to the convention at all which is what inspired the move to September rather than November. Well, yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about the, the guest list, because like I say, it is very strong this year. Yeah. Um, and there's uh, obviously the, a couple of uh, people that are attra attracting the headlining uh, news. Uh, Warren Ellis, of course. Um, it's a little bit of a disappointment that he's not tabling, he's not signing. He is just appearing at a couple of um, panels uh, for uh, for the event, but I mean, is there any well anyone else on the guest list that's kind of caught your eye? Do you get the chance to get away from your table to see anybody? See, I've I typically don't look at the guest list because I'll get upset that I won't get to see them. Because, <laughs> like I say, since I started tabling, it's it's very difficult to get away, especially if it's another person tabling. You can run up to the table, have a quick chat, buy something, and get away. Are, are you quite my strict? People. Are you quite strict with staying behind your table? And I try to be. As I have a friend Zara, who like I always table with her, so I know if I do need to leave the table, I have a friend there who can look after my stuff whilst I'm gone. But you do get a bit of guilt if you're away for too long. So yeah, last year I got to see Brian K. Vaughan just because he's one of the first people of kind of that fame level that I've ever seen come in early. <laughs> like, he just came in and was sat at his table before the venue opened, so I ran over and got to talk to him before all the lines began. That's possibly the only time I've ever got to see somebody since I started tabling. So, uh, yeah, typically just, I don't let myself look, otherwise it gets yeah, it was, it was It was somebody who was um, talking to me on Twitter this morning uh, about, because um, I mentioned that uh, I'm going to be doing a couple of panels with uh, Frank Miller. Uh, down in London, at which point they were saying, that's all well and good. I, please tell me you're recording this uh, so we can see this. And I'm going, the Comics Village is like a, literally a stone's throw away from the stage. You can just come across. And he went, and he actually then detailed, like, okay, that's seven pound a book uh, every five minutes. That's, you know, 45 minutes. This is how much I would be losing. And I'm going, fine. Okay. Yeah. There's, I can imagine it gets real macro when you're starting to work out just how much you're wanting to earn and what you're wanting to sell at something like Bubble, especially when you have to weigh that up against how much you're paying for the table. Yeah, especially, like, it gets very upsetting when you've left the table and you come back and whoever's been watching it for you goes, oh, lots of people have been buying, looking at your stuff, and you go, oh, if I, if I was here to give them the sales pitch, I might have, if it, if it was just one more sale... It could have made all the difference. What's, it, what's been the change 
as a, an exhibitor, um, because the one of the highlights of having the show being held at the Royal Armouries, it kind of weeded out the tire kickers. It was very much people who went there for the convention. At the end of the day, it wasn't a passing trade kind of thing. Obviously, now in the, the city centre, it's anyone who happens to be going into Leeds. Oh, look, stormtroopers. And in we go. Um, what's what's Thought Bubble like now and you know, compared from previous years for passing trade? I mean, was it a, an increase in people that you know, wouldn't have normally read comics? Last year, I didn't notice any people coming in just kind of because they were wandering past. I think right. quite a lot of people I know that aren't typically into comics who ask about Thought Bubble, they always sound interested in coming until I say the ticket price and then they go "Ooh, that much just to to wander around a convention and i think maybe it's the price are a little bit steep for people to just wander in without really knowing what it is a big thing that impacted last year was actually i think jared lee no not jared whoever jared way that's the one yeah jared way was a guest who does uh, umbrella academy and a lot of people came to see him because of his band rather than his comic so we it had was, a lot of people. It was definitely a different demographic, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of people wandering around because, like, they bought the table, like they bought their tickets, uh, you know, to come and meet him. And clearly, you're going to walk around the rest of the convention, aren't you? The amount of people we had come up who would tell us that they'd just come to see him and weren't really there to buy anything. Yeah, that was a lot more noticeable than anybody wandering off the streets, who like we didn't notice anybody that. Like just wandered in because they were curious about it, and but again, um, that could be because we were hidden behind all the other tents. Maybe people in the tents close to the head row noticed a bit more of that. Well, I think I mean the question then is, um, yeah, where are you exhibiting this year? Where where would people be able to find you? Uh, thankfully, this year I am in one of the uh, more apparent tents. I'm in the originals marquee, I believe it's called, which is. Visible directly from the head row. If you were walking down from all the shops, it'd be the very first tent you'd come across. <laughs> Which, uh, it was a very intentional request from me to get that one. All right. Is it, I mean, I don't know about how the the curation works mm. at Thought Bubble uh, in terms of whether you're able to request a tent or request a, a certain area. Um, is how's that, How does that work? It's basically when you're filling in the application, you can request a particular table that you want to be at, or, well, particularly a venue you'd like to be in, because they send out the map ahead of time showing where the venues will be, and if you've been to previous years, you have an idea of what each one's like, and the kind of people that tend to hang around in each one. So you can request one. They can't ever guarantee that you'll be in that one, but every time I've requested one, I've got in it. So I think most people get to be placed where they want to go. Fair enough. Um, when it comes to Thought Bubble, then, what is your take? I mean, I presume it's not the only convention you go to. I go to other conventions, but I'd, I don't have a lot of money, so I tend to stay close to home. Thought Bubble's the biggest one I go to. and then I yeah, go Which to... other conventions do you go to? Uh, well, the last two events I did was, uh, there was just, just yesterday, there was Leeds Zine Fair which was just held in Leeds Market, which was, again, a zine fair. It was not not huge, but there was quite a lot of comic creators there, some big-name people. Christina Baczynski was there, who's very popular at the moment. Excellent stuff. And, uh, so when, when, it, when you compare um, Thought Bubble to the other conventions that you go to, I mean, what do you? what's your take on it? Again, I, is, it, I is, it, is it too big or is it just <laughs> right at the moment? I think it's a very tricky question because the size like, is good for it to be big and successful and the bigger it is, the more creators can get in there. And Synthobble is one of the very few conventions that I feel really focuses on creators and invites a lot of small press and indie to come in. I think it's nice to be able to get as many people in because then it's more diverse, there's more chances of finding things, there's more opportunities for a wider variety of people to find an audience, which they might not if they couldn't get into a convention that big. I think it's more about spacing it out and the layout. I think 
back of Royal Armouries, it was very easy. It was kind of a few very big holes very close together, which is easy to navigate. It doesn't matter how big it is. It'll just take more time to get around, but not necessarily more effort. As it is now, it's definitely more difficult to see everything, which I think is the bigger the bigger issue. I know a lot of people... I think it's very common when you go to a convention, you want to do a loop before you really start buying anything. Yeah. You, know, you go around, eye everything up, and whatever stands out, you go back to them. When it's one really big hole, it's quite easy to do that, you know, where everything is, when everything's very spread out. Oh, it's a lot of work going back to that venue that's all the way across the other side of all these buildings when I could just, you know, go back in this one that's right next to me. When I went last year, I was trying to work out the strengths and weaknesses of having those multiple venues mm. and whether there be uh, benefits to doing something like, it's like theming um, particular tents or areas um, instead of it being very much a... I'm not going to say a mix match because yeah. that that makes it seem like they just throw all of the exhibitors in a hat and all oh, right, we'll put them there. Bang! Uh, it doesn't. It's clearly not done like that. There is some thought put to, together um, mm. towards the curation of it. But just, like you say, just the the kind of the spreading out of uh, different talents. It's it's very it's very interesting to see how that's going to continue to grow and change and how they're going to learn how that's going to work with that the different the distance between the tents i think that's 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 very interesting well no okay. this year they are doing some amount of kind of grouping people together i don't know how me- like how much there's going to be of that but i know like a friend of mine ben haith who does like a lot of very good family friendly comics he does something called stormhaven text which is kind of just a very cute fun kind of fantasy adventure comic he's been put in a family section which they've had family areas before but it's typically like activities and stuff now it seems like they're actually putting comic creators who make family friendly comics and putting them together rather than just having them spread out amongst everybody else i think they're possibly having like an like a not safe for work area as well for people who make kind of more you know like edgy rude comics yeah but i don't know how much is going into that i don't know if they're just grouping them together or if they signposted at all or i have no idea to what degree they're doing that but i know it's something they're doing that i've never noticed at previous years well I, i'm curious to see how they're going to also because i mean they certainly when they were at the um armories they very much uh, were big supporters of um the phoenix and uh sort of like um young and old age comic creators and they had an area for that i didn't quite see that so much at uh, last year's show it was like i say very much thrown into the mix with their, all the other creators so like I say, 2018 is going to be interesting. Um, we are going to be talking a little bit later about the fact that Mondo, which was one of the first big headliners uh, when it came to um, uh, uh, creators and creative teams at, um, at Comic-Con, will not be attending at Thought Bubble this year. They announced this week. Um, that's quite big news, considering that they did attract a lot of attention to Thought Bubble um, in its first initial years. And certainly last year, it continued to have the lines um, <laughs> winding down various sides of streets and, uh, as as always, uh, got a lot of attention. But they're not going to be attending. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later in Con News. But I think we'll uh, we'll wrap this up by just saying we're looking forward to Thought Bubble, um, or I'm certainly looking forward to seeing what the, the reports are out of this year's show. Like I say, plenty of creators uh, that are going to be there, which... You know, we we haven't seen a UK con too often. Warren Ellis is not somebody that just kind of rolls out of bed for anything. So uh, it's it's good to see that he's actually coming to Leeds. Obviously, good friends with uh, Lisa, who's the uh, the creator of the, uh, the the convention. So you know, it's always nice to have uh, somebody's phone number that you can call on to uh, come along to attend your uh, to your event. So that's rather cool. So yeah, Ben, if you could tell us, um, like I say, we, we know where you are. You're going to be in the the yeah. tent, which is uh, just by the, uh, I, I want to say Radisson. It's been a while since I've been to Leeds. I think okay, it's, it's the, Radisson it's Hotel. the one right next to the art gallery. There you the, go. Quite um, the original is Mackie, I believe it's called. 
but what are you going to be bringing? Because um, uh, you've got a number of books uh, that are available on uh, Gumroad. I know you've got uh, uh, Maiden Voyage, Bigfoot yeah. Photo, and Jump Scare. What else are you going to be bringing along? Uh, well, I have a new book coming out this year that's actually launching for the first time at Thought Bubble, which is always exciting. And it's uh, You mentioned Jump Scare, which was a book I released last year. It was a short horror comic, kind of in the vein of Tales of the Crypt, Tales of the Unknown, that kind of thing. This year I'm doing something a little bit different. And me and a friend, I've mentioned him previously, Ben Haith, are releasing a book called The Jump Scare Presents, which is two horror stories by two different creators placed back to back. So there's a cover on one side, you read the book, you flip it, there's another book there for you. And there's a. They're fairly varied. Ben's side, well, we're both called Ben, but the other Ben, <laughs> his comic is a. About a strange horror that takes place on a, a bus about a man who's falling asleep and can't quite be certain of the strange things that are happening around him and whether they're dreams or reality. And I'm doing a fairly gory comic about uh, auto cannibalism, which is always a fun topic. Uh, a few people have seen it so far. Out of all the, you know, the, the cannibalism comics out there. I mean, it's, it's nice to see that you're, you're kind of adding to that. Kind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like to think it's a fairly unique take on the cannibalism genre. It's going to revolutionize it in a lot of ways. <laughs> Bold. Yeah, it's uh, everybody who's seen it so far has pulled a lot of faces <laughs> whilst reading it, which is exactly what I was aiming for. So if, if anybody out there wants to well, yeah, read a book well, that, about auto-cannibalism... Yeah, that is the next question. Where can people find you online? Where can people find more about what you do? Well, they can follow me on Twitter, which is always a good place. I am at odddino, O-D-D-D-I-N-O. Uh, I also have a website, which is odddino.com. It's currently under renovation, so there's some rough edges, but you know, give it a week or two after the convention, maybe, and it'll be fixed up and in a better place. I think you can read Jump Scare on there now. Maybe in a few days it'll be up there for free, the first volume of it. And there will be a few other exciting things coming to it shortly including a webcomic excellent, excellent. Um, I know that next week we're going to, I mean I'm going to be bringing the show from MCM Scotland I'm going to find myself mm -hmm. a quiet corner of uh, that show to uh, kind of bring my report of that um, uh, convention but I am wanting to do a kind of post Thought Bubble uh, recap. I know that we're going to be joined by the team behind Punk's Not Dead, which is the book that's published by um, Black Crown. Uh, and they're going to be uh, there. <laughs> they say they're going to be still awake to kind of come on to the show <laughs> next week uh, to talk about um, how Thought Bubble has gone uh, next uh, week. I'd love to have you back, uh, Ben, just to kind of get a, a, a post con kind of decompression, find out how it's actually gone uh, for the second year in the middle of uh, Leeds Town Centre. Yeah, I'd be happy to come back, give my thoughts on any improvements they've made. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I mean, admittedly, we may be asking you back in two weeks' time. Like I say, six o'clock after the convention's finished. Yeah, that's tricky. It closes at five, so... Yeah. I can't promise I'll be there, but... Absolutely. Yeah. And not only that, but there's some half-decent bars and probably a bed. I don't know. Whichever one your priority leans to. Yeah, and uh, we've, there's been talks of like possibly going for a post-con pizza at some point. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Ben, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Really thank you for having me. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. So, there you go. Like you find, uh, like I said, Ben uh, on uh, Twitter. Uh, if you go to Odd Dino uh, on there, you can find him and uh, all of uh, the updates uh, which he's doing for his books. And you can find him at Thought Bubble next week. Right, uh, we, before we uh, do our review of uh, the Ice International Comics Expo, um, I'm going to uh, very quickly remind you that if you do want to support us on the, the Hangout, if you want to support what we do, uh, you can, of course, go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash EnglishmanSDCC. After the show, um, I try to do a little uh, uh, exclusive just for the Patreon supporters, a little bit of a live stream just for them. Uh, it may be directly after the show. Uh, so um, if you want to join in, uh, by all means, it is for those people who are uh, uh, supporting us. Um, so uh, 
uh, that's going to be afterwards. And of course, um, I know that some people have been asking about uh, the new site and when that's going to go live. It does go live on Monday, the 1st of October. It may not be completely finished, uh, but the main framework is going to be there. Uh, there's some ideas which I'm still trying to work out how to correctly implement, but uh, that will be going live and I'll be sharing the URL for that next week it is a guide to conventions not here just here in the uk but also in uh, across the globe as well it's going to be a lot of work but uh, i'm looking forward to uh, putting that together so there we go right might as well uh, talk about this then where i am is birmingham here in the uh, the north of england uh, or in england uh, in the midlands um I was invited by Shane Chepsey, who's the organizer. We've had him on the show before. He's incredibly passionate about um, the uh, comics landscape here in the UK, about uh, making sure that the creatives are looked after, uh, making sure that um, people who are wanting to get into comics are fed the desire uh, here at ICE. Um, and he does so by creating a really... Uh, friendly and warm and accepting um, uh, atmosphere at his conventions and also bringing people who aren't just there to sell their product but also wanting to encourage the people on the other side of the, the table to get involved and it's very much a two-way conversation uh, which is just fantastic it's, it's it's slightly different to most of the um, other conventions that I've been to uh, where there's a little bit of the uh, emphasis on getting books sold and kind of emphasizing the, the 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 monetary aspect of comics here it's very much about just celebrating the art form of comics it's a two-day event um it's uh, kind of split between two different uh, kind of things on the saturday it's very much the uh, comics expo which was held here at the uh, birmingham Ex exhibition center uh, I think I've got that right. Um, basically, it's um, several floor venue. Uh, they have a panel room. They had um, a main exhibition hall as well. Uh, they had retailers uh, selling long boxes of comics. They had some great creators as well, including Staz Johnson from 2000 AD. We had uh, John Wagner as well. You had uh, John Davis Hunt behind the tables. You had uh, the excellent Ram uh, Rodney Ramos as well. It really is um, an interesting convention in that you don't see too many in terms of volunteers. The show kind of looks after itself. It's very, it, the, they're in, encouraged that the creatives kind of pitch in and they make the, the atmosphere of the show their own, which I think is um, a bit of a unique thing. Obviously, um, it's down to uh, some uh, great content but um, I think they also put that down to uh, some uh, great panel guests and panel hosts as well, uh, including myself. Uh, I was lucky enough to talk to the uh, one of the headliners of the show, John Wagner, uh, who was also uh, uh, along with uh, his uh, uh, artist collaborator who uh, they've done uh, Rock of the Reds, which is a comic which is uh, fusing sci-fi with football, uh, which is a, an unusual uh, concept to go at. Um, but um, obviously, a lot uh, I talked a lot about uh, his time with 2000 AD uh, as a co-creator of uh, uh, the uh, Judge Dredd character of Strontium Dog, of an, a whole raft of uh, iconic comics characters, which 2000 AD has uh, hosted. It was also really good for us to uh, start the uh, the conversation with thanks that uh, Carlos Esquera um, is on the road to recovery. He wasn't he was scheduled to come to the show uh, this year, but um, uh, unfortunately he had to go in for uh, surgery um, for uh, uh, cancer, as it happens, uh, for lung cancer. As it happens, um, they tweeted out a picture on Saturday morning um, stating that um, he has come out the other side and uh, he's in fine fettle. He's going to be recovering, and from all accounts, speaking uh, to, to John Wagner, uh, he said that um, he's going to be out of bed and attending a convention next weekend. Force of nature. So, uh, so it, uh, we'd like to say from everyone that's an Englishman in San Diego, congratulations and uh, uh, road to recovery for Carlos Esquera. All the best to you, sir. The actual show itself, um, it must be said, wasn't incredibly well attended but i think that's a combination of a several factors number one at the end of the day it's coming towards that period of time when there's a lot of conventions happening i've been talking to some people about my um 
my schedule for the next couple of weeks and the next couple of months. And it even surprised me just how many conventions there are happening at this point in the year. Um, so at the end of the day, people do pick and choose. But the good news is uh, that there were the people that were encouraged and uh, to come to Birmingham for the show, they knew what they wanted to do. Um, so, and they knew that they wanted to uh, embrace uh, this show and make it a success. Uh, so the ones that did come here, they did come to enjoy it. Um, I will also turn around and say that it's been um, a very, it's very difficult to attend a show when you don't actually know it's happening. It has been marketed within, say, Facebook, and it's been marketed within um, the uh, the comics community. But Passing Trade may not have known that uh, the expo was happening. There wasn't so many posters um, around Birmingham. There wasn't so many, um, uh, say, cosplayers outside to kind of draw people in. Uh, so Passing Trade was maybe a little bit thin on the ground. But those are grumbles which kind of you can get by, considering just I feel it was such a massive, massive success. Um, some great uh, content here. I did say it was split into two things. You had the uh, Comics Expo that took part on the Saturday, and then on Sunday, today, uh, we've had something called Comics Uncovered which is more towards uh, comics creators, uh, people who are wanting to either break into comics or wanting to develop their talent. Uh, we had uh, some amazing um, world-class, uh, including uh, DC Comics um, uh, um, talent scouts and also ed editors willing to do uh, portfolio reviews. Uh, we had um, some great talent, including um, uh, Ian Richardson, uh, who came uh, to do a talk on progressing in the industry. We had um, ourselves um, some people who were talking about the, the way to negotiate and to maneuver around the world of editors and the actual industry and to basically how to work as a professional in comics. Um, and it, it really was a, a whole bunch of content which was not just, it wasn't all positive in terms of it. They knew how to tell people where perhaps they weren't going down the right path, where they needed to focus, where they needed to just change direction slightly. But it was positive in terms of the next step and how they um, creatives could uh, progress and how they could uh, develop their talent and skills, um, which I think is, um, it's, we need more events like that here in the UK uh, because that just encourages more people to get into and creating comics. And um, that's what Comics Uncovered was all about. And that's what took place today. But on the whole, um, it was um, a great show. I thoroughly enjoyed myself, as always. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, the next one. I know that um, Shane is uh, going to be uh, hosting a show in Brighton. I know there's possibly some... Uh, uh, news coming down the pipe about that. Uh, as soon as we get uh, any confirmation, we will let you know. Um, but beyond that, um, it's a show that I will heartily recommend to anybody, uh, purely because it is just an absolute celebration of comics. Uh, you don't see uh, many uh, pop funkos lying around. You don't see much in the way of kind of random tat. It's just really good creative stuff. Uh, things that people have made themselves, things that uh, uh, kind of really celebrate the fandoms, and I, I really enjoyed it. Would I recommend ICE International Comics Expo to anybody? If you love comics, absolutely. If you're based in the UK, and if you get the chance, uh, the next time it's run, do check out a nice show, because they really are just so much fun, and it's been a pleasure to come along to do this uh, in Birmingham. So there we go, that's uh, my review. I've actually got a couple of photos. I'm just working out if I can actually uh, bring them up on screen uh, at all because uh, it's a bit. I, I've been uh, doing uh, screen shares that um, it's kind of, it's done slightly different on the, a new version of uh, a Google Hangout. So if you bear with me, I will try my best to uh, bring up the, uh, yeah, I can't bring up the uh, the photo 
um, screener. That is just so annoying. Uh, so uh, unfortunately, uh, if you do want to uh, check out the photos which I've taken, um, yeah, pay attention to my social media feed over the next couple of days, because uh, what I'll do is uh, I'll post them up as a gallery on the site. So there we go. That's um, my review of the ICE International Comics Expo. Like I say, next week, uh, we're going to be broadcasting from the MCM Comic-Con uh, in Scotland. So I'll be bringing you my review of that. And hopefully, we'll also be having uh, uh, David Barnett and Martin Simmons, fingers crossed, who's the creative team behind Punk's Not Dead, which is the Black Crown comic, um, which is the, uh, the imprint from IDW. Uh, they are going to be at Leeds, um, and they're going to be letting us know how they've experienced the convention. Uh, so we'll do that next week. Right, um, a couple of things that we want to do in terms of uh, con news before we do wrap things up. Um, a couple of things from CCI that's uh, uh, actually uh, been uh, implemented this week because it is kicking off its golden anniversary celebrations. Uh, 50 years of San Diego Comic-Con, uh, which means uh, next year is going to be a bit of a party uh, with the 50th uh, show. But um, they're, what they're doing uh, as they run up to that is um, they're presenting a first of a series of logos honoring the various designs of uh, the show's illustrious past. Um, they have taken the 1980 Will Pound logo, which is very much a West Coast uh, kind of, um, so like a, a Woodstockian kind of design, and they've slightly spruced it up for uh, the 50th. Uh, so they're going to be doing a lot of that over the course of the next um eight months or so. One or two people have been asking about um, the pre-registration. We are looking at now, or I think it's this week when the deadline for um, child registration uh, takes place. Uh, from that point, um, it's a case of the MCM, uh, sorry, the, uh, the uh, Comic-Con International uh, member ID uh, databases will be updated with all the uh, the current information, certainly for uh, any children that have uh, progressed from the free badges to having a member ID. So they're then pretty much in a place that they could open, certainly for pre-registration. Um, I was thinking that they could be doing it pretty soon, uh, as in pretty much straight after that deadline has passed. But we may be looking at the next couple of weeks, perhaps. Certainly, um, uh, I think uh, in the beginning of... Uh, uh, of October, we could be seeing a pre-registration sale. Um, like I say, CCI have already turned around and said that they are going to be doing their best to uh, bring the timetable for badge registration a little bit further back, uh, back to how it was uh, maybe uh, three and two years ago. So you should be looking at certainly the next couple of weeks for pre-registration. If you are a member ID holder, do check out your uh, inbox because uh, it will be giving a little bit of a heads up I'd say about about a week's worth of uh, time to uh, prepare yourself and your badge teams uh, to get your badges if you attended in 2018. Another thing that uh, was announced by CCI uh, this week is the uh, the launch of the 2019 Comic-Con International Independent Film Festival. The submission period is now open. Um, it's something that I want to cover more next year because um, I it's something that... Uh, has been a fixture and fitting of uh, Comic-Con International uh, in San Diego. And to be honest, it's a little bit like the Eisners. It's something that's kind of neglected um, under the uh, the bright, harsh lights of some of the other um, things that take place in San Diego. It's an important thing to have on your CV that you are a member, uh, a participant of, and indeed a winner of the Comic-Con International Independent Film Festival. If you are a, a small film, a short filmmaker, or if you're a documentary maker, or an animator, or if you know any of those kind of uh, creatives that are making short films and um, even long form documentaries, uh, do um, send them the link. It's uh, comic-con.org slash CCI slash film dash festival. Uh, and it's something that, like I say, I'm hoping to um, look into a little bit more uh, for next year. Returning to something that we talked about briefly uh, when we were talking about uh, Thought Bubble is um, the, uh, uh, the absence this year of one of their biggest draws. Uh, this would be Mondo. Uh, Mondo Posters uh, is a, uh, I believe it, they're based in Seattle, but I may be wrong. Uh, this is a company that uh, first started out creating um, 
posters and uh, uh, specialist art for um, a local cinema, um, putting on niche films or uh, films that maybe people haven't seen for a while. Um, and in over the years, uh, Mondo have drawn some of the best artists on the planet to create these incredible posters for them. Uh, including Jock, uh, Ollie Moss has been involved uh, creating some great posters. They are amazing. Uh, it's a great created, uh, cur curated list of uh, creatives. And they were very much part of the resurgence of uh, Thought Bubble, um, which kind of then makes it interesting that they are not available to come this year. Now, there have been several people that have made questions about why that's happened. Um, at the end of the day, um, they were going to be providing a poster for a screening uh, that was going to be taking place here at the convention, or at uh, Leeds, sorry, which was uh, the screen, the, the film was The Witch, um, and they were going to be providing a poster for that. What's interesting is the fact that um, not only are Mondo not coming, but they're not providing the print either. Now, I don't want to be any kind of uh, conspiracy theorist, but that seemed a little bit suspicious. I did reach out to uh, Mondo and Thorvald to find out the reason why they weren't becoming. And no response, unfortunately. Um, the only thing I can assume is, at the end of the day, Mondo are very busy. Uh, they have uh, a whole bunch of uh, things. They're always constantly uh, putting out um, great posters. They're always constantly uh, busy at their own um, sort of like output so it may even just be a simple case of they haven't got the time or resources to dedicate to Thor Bubble this year a couple of the other conspiracy theories that there was problems with um, passports if that was the case they may still they would have been able to still provide the posters so that doesn't quite sit uh, as, a, as a theory um, there, uh, there was even a theory floated around that perhaps they weren't happy um, with um, other poster um, producers being invited along to the show, and especially in 2018, when their table was directly opposite Poster Posse, which is another uh, big poster producer. To have them side by side seemed a little bit strange. Angela Copley, I may go check out the Marvel Studios exhibition here at the Mondo Gallery in October. Do check that out. Yeah, I'd like to uh, see what that's... Uh, uh, what that's all about. So yeah, please uh, let us know how that's uh, gone. Uh, just uh, checking uh, through a couple of the other uh, comments as well. Um, like I say, there were one or two people that were feeling that there's a little bit of a conspiracy theory going on about Mondo. And like I say, we can't speculate. Um, so until uh, we actually get any kind of word, we can't say. Um, personally, I think it's just a case of them being incredibly busy. But it's a shame because, like I say, Mondo were one of the, uh, the companies that really helped uh, Thought Bubble get on the map when it comes to people lining up the night before uh, in some very <laughs> cold weather conditions. Uh, so they were able to um, have uh, sort of like that on social media that we've got people lining up for Mondo. Uh, and also we had ourselves Jock come over. Um, I, I believe Jock is still coming. But that's something else we don't know because he would have been appearing at the Mondo booth. He was scheduled to possibly show up on the Sunday of Thought Bubble. Is that still the case? We don't know. Um, we got Leanne D saying, "Friend who works for them. One of the people they were sending. Uh, one of the people they were sending. Their passport has expired. Plus they were super busy. All oh, right. Okay. So it's a kind of combination of the two. That's a, that's that's a shame." That's a shame. But like I say, the fact uh, a lot of people um, were excited to have Mondo returning to Thor Bubble because at the end of the day, it's the chance for the British fans to get in on the uh, the Mondo action. And it's one of the rare chances that we get to do that uh, at Thor Bubble. But there we go. That's a, that's a shame. So there we go. Um, Thor Bubble will not be having Mondo at uh, the convention this year. Right, um, let's have a very quick look then, because uh, I want to uh, talk about uh, this, which is the New York Comic Con uh, schedule, which, yeah, they released it this week, and it's just uh, very impressive uh, from what I saw. 
briefly looking through it, but uh, we've got uh, an incredible uh, bunch of comics guests, entertainment guests, and of course, uh, the, just the, the general layout of New York Comic Con is just huge as per usual. Uh, but they did release the actual, um, uh, the, the, certainly the autograph, autographing schedule uh, they've released, um, including uh, Terry Hatcher, Phil Lamar, uh, you also have uh, Alex Kingston in, uh, Kingston in there, uh, Zachary Levi, Alicia uh, Tyler, uh, and all of the rest of the other uh, funny games that uh, the people that uh, have gotten uh, going. Uh, let's just see if I can uh, pull up the um, the panels and all the, the schedules for that. Let's have a look at yeah, the full schedule, which is available on newyorkcomiccon.com slash explore slash uh, slash panels so yes uh, it is available on the, the current uh, website okay so let's have a quick look and uh, see if we can uh, read the headliners certainly okay marjorie lou doing a keynote speech uh, we've got ourselves um like i said it's the ones that i just kind of like that jumped out at me which was uh, i did quite like the fact that they are returning to uh, an idea of uh, doing very dedicated tracks uh, for the panels and that you could actually, instead of panels that were kind of clashing, if you were interested in a certain um, genre or a certain um, uh, theme to your panels, they were able to kind of, you can go slide from one panel to the next, which I think is uh, uh, very exciting uh, with the way that they've programmed it, programmed it uh, this year. Uh, we do have ourselves, uh, let's see if the ones that, that kind of jumped out at me, which was, uh, uh, let's have a look, let's, there was one which really did kind of attract my attention, which I think is on the Friday, and this is where I'm just not going to be able to find it now, which is just so strange. But there we go. Uh, what I will do is we'll have a quick look at the uh, the schedule. Like I say, I've been busy this weekend, so I haven't been able to uh, fully go through it. I did kind of glance, and there was a couple that jumped out at me. I thought, I hoped that I was going to be able to find them uh, on there, uh, but unfortunately, that's not the case. I will be doing a uh, kind of a breakdown of the schedule over the course of the next couple of weeks and uh, next couple of days, sorry, and you will be able to find that on our social media, which is. Um, of course, uh, Englishman SDCC on Twitter and also on Facebook as well. I think that's pretty much our show for today. Uh, like I say, next week is another um, con report as I'm uh, letting you know how uh, MCM Scotland went. Uh, and of course, we'll be uh, letting you know how Thorwell went via uh, the, uh, the, the report from the creative team behind Punk's Not Dead. So looking at that, let's have a look through one or two of the comments on uh, uh, the uh, chat room. Graham Small is talking about New York Comic Con, very excited about Good Omens and what we do in the shadows. Uh, Leanne D is also looking forward to uh, hearing about that show. It's a shame that she's not going. She is somebody who's had a very rough time of it, uh, pretty much for the last 12 months. Um, I'm incredibly tempted to set up some kind of GoFundMe to kind of help Leanne because she is a massive um, fan of uh, the Comic-Con uh, scene and pretty much all of us uh, are better for having her on her, our time timelines. And it's a shame that she's been kind of put through what she has done for the last, uh, uh, for the last 12 months. And I think we all need to kind of rally around her because uh, she's she's ace and uh, we could do with just helping her out so we'll come back to that we'll see if i can uh, uh, help leanne uh, we'll see if we can work out some way of helping leandy um super catchy i haven't spent a lot of time on the new york comic-con schedule but i'm uh, i'm happy about so many things that i want to see that i uh, sorry i'm not happy about how many things i want to see that i have to purchase a separate ticket for that's a very good point. Um, Leandy asking if that's something new, and that is the main new thing uh, with New York Comic Con. Uh, we've got ourselves Graham Small Saturday at Madison Square Gardens is Good Omens, Spider Verse, Daredevil, and Star Trek Discovery. Uh, Alyssa Franks is asking, uh, Hi Alyssa, how are you doing? I thought the only panels charging extra were off sites like the theatre, um, but um, it looks like. Uh, yeah, it's, we're just going to have to see how that could really affect um, 
people's attendance of something like New York Comic Con when it costs more on top of your badge. Uh, I think for myself, it's one of the best things about San Diego Comic Con. You pay the one price and everything's included. Um, so, yeah, I think that's just rather awkward. But, um, yeah, uh, we've got ourselves super catchy. Yes, Leanne needs a GoFundMe. Leave it with me. Let's see if I can get something organized next week because she is a rock star and we need to support her. So as simple as that. Right then, thank you very much indeed for joining us today. As always, if you do like what we do, uh, you can support us on our Patreon. Uh, you can head to patreon.com slash EnglishmanSDCC. I am going to be posting pictures of ICE on uh, the social media over the next couple of days. I might even try and do it as soon as I get home tonight, but let's see what my sleep patterns like. Um, I've got some great shots of some of the panels and some of the uh, people that have been here at ICE this weekend, so hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, do check out our social media as well because we had ourselves some photos that were put up of the conventions that uh, Dan Barry has been to for the last couple of weeks and uh, some great um, uh, uh, galleries that he did of uh, shows that he's attended so do check out those. Um, I'm going to wrap this up but we are going to be going over to Patreon for our exclusive kind of post-con or post-show chat, uh, which uh, basically I'll just talk for about five, ten minutes and uh, just uh, say thank you very much indeed to all of our Patreon supporters. But I'll be doing that and going live very shortly indeed. Thank you very much indeed. Next week then, Thought Bubble and also MCM Scotland. And we're also going to be looking forward to uh, the other events coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. Do take care. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And from Birmingham, uh, do take care. We'll see you soon.